1: the phone numbers again we are at 651-989-9226 while you're calling us to talk about either tonight's viking game the twins or whatever gophers whatever else is on your mind said had a chance to catch up with danielle hunter who's a key member of the vikings defensive line let's listen in
2: talk about uh, your career at lsu, <laughs> you, didn't LSU. Didn't have, Mark yourself. you didn't have a great career there but you got here And you turned out to be a superman.
3: No, when I went to LSU, I did what I was supposed to do as a football player. Went out there and took my coaching the way I was supposed to. And I came here, I took my my, my game to another level. So I came in and I was focused, thankful enough to have um, um, a great team and a great supporting staff with great coaches to help me out. And um, I took it in and, you know, it just makes me want to keep getting better and better.
2: Who helped you the most at, at LSU?
3: You know, it had to be my, my my position coach, you know. He told me some days things aren't going to be exactly where it's supposed to be, but, you know, he kept me going, and I kept fighting to be the player that I am today.
2: Then you came here, and everything turned out good.
3: No, it, it wasn't built over one night. You know, I came in, and I started, I came to work, you know, ever since um, LJ B-Rob and Coach Patterson t- showed me the way, you know, he told me that if, if I want something, I gotta get it, and nobody's gonna give it to me. Every day in practice, it it ain't easy being great, so you know, I just gotta keep working.
2: Zimmer helped you a huh?
3: lot. Zimmer helped me also. You know, he he coached uh Demarcus Weir and other defensive ends, and he would tell me what he would he would do to the other defensive ends, and um, you know, he, I try to implement that into my game sometimes. So,
2: okay, also defensive lineman we always a defensive end. Say what now? We're always a defense lineman.
3: How's how the defense playing? Yeah. Oh, they're, they're playing good right now. You know, we're mainly focused on getting takeaways right now. That's, that's a part of the, the defensive uh, statistics that we need to improve on. You know, and, and that all just starts by just running to the ball. And when everybody runs to the ball, it, it, there's a possibility of everybody just making a play.
2: Talk how you got better, better, better. Talk about that. You know, it's just...
3: From having great teammates, you know, just showing me the way. and you know, I'm coming out and just working on my craft. I'm a professional athlete, so it's my job to just keep getting better and better and taking the coaching that my coach, Andre Patterson, gives me every day. And he just tell me to just focus on the little things day in and day out.
2: What about your weight? What your you weigh when you got here? What do you weigh now?
3: I weighed about 242 when I came into the league, and now I weigh about 259.
2: Okay. What are your goals what do you want to accomplish this year? Well,
3: my goal is to just continue to improve as a professional athlete. You know, work on work on all my skill sets, work on things that I'm good at, work on things that I'm not good at, and just become a better pro.
2: Think you can get better and better?
3: Oh, definitely. You know, that's that's the goal for everybody to just keep getting better and better, um, better than I was before. Um, just keep improving.
2: What did you do to the off season to get ready?
3: You know, I, uh I trained down at Houston I uh, worked on my hands my speed and um I you know, just watch film you know because you got to keep keep an eye on what you do from the years past so you know, I look through things and see what I could do better and what I did um good and what other players did you know, if I could use things off of what how they play and stuff like that so that's all part of the off season.
2: you work out with some fellow players there work out with a different player
3: no I, I just had a coach. I coached by myself, and um, that's about it.
2: Who was the guy you work with there? Um, Coop. James Cooper. Yeah. You guys had a bad game the last game about the Bears. What can you overcome in that game?
3: Um, you know, I just got to just continue to get better and better every day. Uh, just focus on what we need to focus on and, and play um, fundamental football. Be fundamentally sound on defense and then play our technique.
2: Okay, they're changing some in defense. What are they changing? They're what now? They're, what are they changing in the defense?
3: Uh, we, well, we just got to keep on going out with the, going out there with an uh, aggressive attitude. Um, the mentality that we need to have when we go out there, that's all that we need to do when we go out there on defense. Do
2: you have any hobbies you do?
3: Um, I'd go to the racetrack sometimes. Uh, me. Eric Kendricks, we like, we like to talk about cars, so we go to the track sometimes.
2: Think you're going to have a big year this year?
3: No, my, my goal is to help the team in any way I can, and that goal is to just keep improving as a professional athlete.
2: You're signed for a long time. You got a good contract. Are you happy with that?
3: You know, definitely. I'm, I'm happy to be where I'm at right now, and I'm happy to continue to contribute to a, a good organization with some good teammates and good coaches
2: think this team can make the super bowl this year
3: that's the goal you know and it all starts by just taking it one day at a time every every play by play and you know just focusing on now and continuing to work
2: thank you
4: that one question he asked you was did you always play defensive end
3: oh i played tight end sometimes okay. in high school So
1: Always right. oh, good to get <laughs> that. Clarified that. Yeah. Cleared up at the end. You know, Mike, uh, just listening, he's a good interview. I, I always I liked Hunter. And, you know, uh, since that he came out of nowhere, it's kind of interesting. Well, I didn't
4: come out of nowhere. I worked pretty hard to get to where I wanted to be. He's a good young man. I, I, I've known him, you know, since he came into the league, and I've had a lot of private conversations with him as well. One of the things, uh, in fact, last year I ended him at a filling station that we were filling up our car at the same time, and we sat and had a great conversation about how he, he does not want to come across as the arrogant defensive end that wants the spotlight. He believes that you earn everything and it's a slow process and that he doesn't want all the attention. He doesn't want, uh, he doesn't want to be seen as that guy. He wants to just do his job, go about his business. He's become more comfortable in the interview setting, as you just heard. But he doesn't want to be the guy that's standing up, flexing his muscles all the time. He wants to be the quiet guy that people can kind of follow, but he never wants to overstep his bounds. And I can see why the Vikings fell in love with him because of that. I think I was uh, three uh, three
1: cars back If you guys wondering who those two guys were yeah. <laughs> up there talking, why the line wasn't yeah, advancing. All right, we're going to talk Gopher football in the next uh, segment. And we're still uh, waiting for additional callers. So I'm going to give the number here. If you want to get involved, for football, Vikings, Twins, whatever topic you want, this would be a good time to give us a call. The number, you know, 651-989-9226. Also, very few text messages this morning if you want to do that rather than talk to us. It's the very same number. So text us, call us. Or sit back and listen as we talk gopher football in the coming segment as you listen to the Sports Huddle with Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, we are back. Uh, we uh, introduced the topic. We said we would take a phone call first. Uh, Jeff in Rochester, you called us right away. What's on your mind?
5: Thanks for taking my call. This one's for Maxie. In the, in the age where we're tied into statistics, I think if you looked at statistics for the Twins, Tony Diaz, oh no, has cost the Twins more games individually than some of their relief pitchers have. I'll hang up and listen.
4: I don't think so. I think what you're getting is last Sunday there was that dramatic game where he sent a runner from third base that would have been the winning run, and then uh, I'll be darned if they didn't hit a grand slam in the tenth um, inning to win it for Cleveland. But and a lot of people debated that uh, all day. That became the you know the focal point because you're in a race and all this. It's, it's fun stuff. Uh, but my thought was if if it's a tie game like that, it's three to three. You're going for the win. You're, you, you've already secured that you're going to get to keep playing, even if he's out at home. I like third base coaches that are aggressive like that. It's easy to say after the fact, uh, but a, it wasn't the third out, so you still got another chance to knock the game winning run in, and b, the game's not over. You, you're still, you know, you're going to play into extra innings. So I say go for the win. That you're playing with a little bit of house money there, and then they gave up the grand slam, and it looks bad, but I, I don't have any problem with that. Mike, I agree with you on that one. I
1: was out of the country, but I did read about it. But what can you say about the Texas base running between
4: third and home? I don't remember a series with worse decision-making between third and home. Three runners thrown – three outs recorded, and you're behind. Yeah. You're behind, and three runners thrown out at the bases in one inning. I, I don't know how that happened. another but, one last night.
1: Was another one last night.
4: Chance. But, but, you know – you, you you assume that philosophically these things are all really predetermined, right? I mean, obviously you have to know. I sat with with Paul Molitor one night up in uh, uh, the press box. I'll never forget this when Paul was just scouting and doing some things for the Twins, and he says, <clears throat> "Guy on second base," he says, uh, "If they hit a ball to right center, would would you run? Would you, or if they hit a ball to right field, would you send them? And I, I can't remember if I said yes or no. And he, and he says, "I wouldn't." Here is why. Or he said, I would. He said, I would. Here's why. I watched him during batting practice. This guy needs the cutoff for sure. And based on the speed of the guy on second base, he's going to beat that because if he needs a cutoff to get it to home, there's no way. All those things are supposed to be what you do in a major league preparation. You should never get to a point. It might happen once. And sometimes it might be the base runner's fault, too. But three times and then again last night, you wonder why Texas is fundamentally flawed. Uh, from my days of covering the Twins for the Star Tube
1: I had the privilege of covering with Billy Martin as the manager. There was no one who watched pregame warm-ups back in the days when they took it. More than Billy Martin. He not only knew about the outfielders throwing arm strength, he knew how well he could throw going left, going right, coming straight on. He had different things that he would monitor, and he absolutely knew when to let him go. And, of course, he was a great
4: third-base coach. Sure, and that's where he cut his teeth, right? Yep. Gardner, same thing. Uh, Here's another thing. This is an interesting thing. A couple of different interviews in the last couple of months. You know, going back to Mulder for a second, but also speaking to the intricacies of the of the uh, uh, scouting. When they, the last time Twins won a playoff series was two thousand two, yep. they they beat the Oakland A's. The first time they went in a long time. Two different people. This is interesting. Told me that that Mauder had been the advanced scout for Oakland, and uh, Corey Kosky is one of them. He says Mulder comes up to him. He says, "I know you don't like to get caught thinking about all this stuff, but I'm telling you this." I can't remember the situation, but he's going to throw if he's uh, behind you in the count. He's going to throw a changeup or a fastball, whatever it was. Koski gets into it and he says, "Somehow that clicked with me. It's two and zero. Oh. The guy threw me exactly where he told me, and I hit it into orbit. You know, I won the game for him basically." Then Latroy Hawkins uh, had this unbelievable at bat with Miguel Tejada, and Miguel Tejada was the MVP that year. And eventually, he struck him out. It was a key situation, guys on base a little bit. And Hawkins says, "I talked to Paul Mauder before that series, and he says." To hardly swing and too heavy a bat. Because it's wore him down, but he refuses to give it up. Wow! Late in the year, because of pride, he says. So when you get him, keep pounding the fastball because he, he can't catch up to it. And Todd followed it off, followed up, and Eventually, he struck him out. But think about and you, you talk. Great uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, just think about what goes into a scouting report in Major League Baseball. We think we kind of know. There's about 88 other things that are going on A third base coach's head and everybody else. All right, that that all came as a result of the phone call. Let's go back to the topic we introduced. Sid, I
2: want your opinion on. I don't think the Twins, uh, third base and first base, these are doing a good job. (laughs) I think they're very ordinary base coaches. With a first base
4: coach, what do you see as the flaw?
2: What? I mean, how do
1: you judge the first Watkins, base coach? Yeah. I mean, you know, they collect the uh, the and they uniform tell him, parts from the runner at yeah, second. One out
4: guy, you know, they looked w- w- to the dugout. Out line they dry, think there's right? a
1: mistake on a on a call. <laughs> it's a little hard to be tough on a first base coach. All right, so let me change topics because we did introduce. Go for football. Go for football. a lot of the experts think go for football is going to finish fifth or sixth in the
2: West. Somehow, I I think you don't agree with that. Here's amazing, Anthony the magazine. Yeah. Don't give the Gophers any chance. Right. Sporting news, don't give them any chance. Yep. Nobody gives the Gophers any chance to go any place. Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, Nebraska, all these teams are being told they're better. They're better, they're better. Sixth place, another deal. So who knows? I think they'll do better than the people think.
1: Well, I, I happen to agree with you, but I, I think I understand why they're picked that way. It's a safe bet. They've been bad for 50 years. If you're, I actually talked to somebody who did that a couple of years ago. had a chance to meet them, and, and he basically said, you're never going to get in trouble picking Minnesota
4: 5th, 6th, or 7th in the West because history's on your side. It, your we had Glenn Mason on last week, and yeah. he said, you know, we, we had the same conversation, guy, and he said, think about this, though. He says, Purdue, Nebraska. Iowa, Wisconsin, he said every one of those you could make a case is going to be better than the Gophers. It doesn't mean they will be, but if you sit down and you go, well, Nebraska's on the upswing. They drilled the Gophers last year. Iowa is always good. If you if you make a case that Wisconsin's never going to do what they did last year and come back. And Purdue had a good run last year. He said it doesn't mean the Gophers are really picked to finish fifth, but you can, you can make a case for any of those five teams to win the West or finish fifth place. Sid? Why don't they raise them better? Well, I'll give you two reasons they don't rate them better.
1: First of all, it's a safe pick. If you're going to pick the Gophers to win it or second place, you're going against a lot of history and you're going against the other magazines. It's safe to pick them low because they've always been picked low and they've historically not let you down if you're somebody picking. Secondly, a lot of the national writers and the people who rate those things don't like P.J. Fleck. They think the, that he's a bragger. They they, they they think he's immodest. He's not their guy. And I think one way to pick against the Gophers and against Fleck is to lower the Gophers because historically they have not been as good as those teams rated above them. I happen to agree with you this year. I think they've got a very good schedule, and I think they're better than a number of those teams. I think they're going to do a whole lot better than the experts say.
2: I think they're all wrong. I think the Gophers will do a lot better I think they can beat Nebraska. I think they can beat uh, Wisconsin. I think they got a chance to beat Iowa, but I uh, don't give them a chance.
1: Mike, I'm just going to hold up because yep. we're due for a break here. I want to continue this conversation. We're, we're, it's the best way to do it, right mid sense, We'll take a quick break. Come back. We'll pick up on that. If you and our listening audience want to get involved in this, remember, give us a call during the break, 651-989-9226, and we will work you into this conversation. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. Uh, we've got a couple of calls we're lining up here, but Mike,
4: I interrupt you in mid-sentence, uh, you were going to say. Well, and the other one I forgot to mention was, you know, Northwestern won the Big Ten West last year by three games. By three games, think of how hard that is to do in a football season. They got a quarterback from Clemson that's in and obviously uh one of the premier coaches in, in the Big Ten. That's been proven. So uh I, I think that when you when you really look at it, I think the Gophers were surprised. They thought they were going to get picked higher than that going into the Big Ten. But when you really look at it, I think it sets up for a really good Big Ten West this year because I do think it's hard to predict. And if you're the coach, uh, there's a certain thing to be said for
1: inspiring your your team. Here's what people think of us. Yeah. There's, there's one way to show they're wrong, and that's to go out and do it on, on the football field. I think they've got more talent. You know, when P.J. came in, he looked around, and he said, you know, there's nothing wrong. You haven't had bad coaches. We have, there's not been enough talent here. I think the talent level has gone up. There's an interesting story in the strip this morning on this tight end, Brevin Ford, who we've heard about for three years now uh, since high school in St. Cloud. If they'll throw to the tight end, they have not thrown. Yeah, him. they haven't that. done a lot but of that. But if they could work him into the offense, that would give a whole new threat to the Gophers. Yep. I'm eager to see how that works. All right, we've got a couple of. Uh, uh, who's in Wausau? It's not on my screen. Mike. Mike's in Wausau. Let's go there first. Go ahead, Mike.
5: Hey, uh, yeah, absolutely. You guys are talking about uh, Minnesota versus Wisconsin. I can tell you, I live in Wisconsin and have lived in Minnesota, so I'm hearing this from both sides mm-hmm. right now. And uh, to me, right now, the biggest difference between these teams that are going to be bundled up here in the Big Ten West is going to be the quarterback situation down in Madison because they've got a couple of guys of experience. Of course, you lose Alex Hornibrook to Florida State. But I can tell you, everybody in Madison is absolutely giddy about this freshman kid from Kansas that they've got in there. Right now it's a matter of if he's going to be ready for the start of the season. But they think... That if they can get him going and Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, they do have enough firepower to win the division.
1: You know, it's an, you brought up Jonathan Taylor. I was at the Minnesota game in Wisconsin last year. I don't have the exact number, but I think Jonathan Taylor was on the on the field for sixty percent of the plays, and all of us sitting there were going. He's the best running back, on the maybe the best running back, as good as any running back in the Big Ten. I don't know what's going on there. He, in Key situation after key situation, he wasn't on the field. And when he wasn't on the field, the difference between his replacement and Taylor was substantial, and the
4: Gophers took full advantage of it. Yeah, tell you the other part of that. Is, since Russell Wilson, it's been the same conversation every year, I feel like, with Wisconsin, isn't it? Is this quarterback good enough to take us to – Fill in the blank, right. you know, and, and and it's Horner Brooks the latest, but it's been that way. Uh, Brooks Bollinger was great, Russell Wilson was great, but other than that, you always it seems like have this conversation about Wisconsin and this quarterback's now going to be the guy. Uh, Northwestern, I'm told, and Jeff Robinson, their executive extraordinaire, played at Northwestern, and, and they've got this Clemson quarterback that transferred in that they think is really good. So who knows? Sid, you wanted to make a point here,
2: okay.
1: well, I thought you wanna, I thought you were signaling you had something you wanted to say about Gopher football. The Gophers?
2: Yeah. Like I said, I think they're much better than people are raising them. I mean, they got those three running backs. They got the Winfield back. They got the, a great offensive line. I I just think they will they'll do a lot better than people think. They got a good schedule. They don't play Michigan. They don't play Michigan State. They don't play Ohio State. Got everything going for them this year. No injuries. They got Johnson, one of the great uh, wide receivers. A good wide receiver. Yeah. They got that Bateman. Bateman, yep, very good. Outstanding guy. They got that green kid that can do a lot of things. I think they got a lot of great football players this year that they haven't had for a long time. The the last part of that that you have to give P.J. Fleck and his staff credit
4: for isn't what the Gophers do but what they don't do. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They're the least penalized, and they've taught their quarterbacks to manage the game and not turn it over. And in the Big Ten, if you can run the football and do those two things, generally speaking, you're going to have a chance to win the game in the fourth quarter.
1: Both good points. We need to take a break here on that. We'll come back. We've got a couple people on hold. That's the way it's worked all morning. We like that very much. As we go to break here, though, I want to give another plug for what's going to happen next week at the Minnesota State Fair. We love working at the State Fair. So many of these people we talked to on the phone come out and they say, hey, I'm so-and-so. I give you a call. We like that. Now, what's going to be different next week is the sports huddle is going to start at 9 o'clock. We will be on the air from 9 to noon live at the Minnesota State Fair. If you're thinking about coming out, we hope you do. We'll have a chance to meet you in person. Something we look forward to very much. We hope you do so as well. All right, we're taking a break here. We'll come back. We'll take your phone calls. We've got a couple of tapes. We'll talk to each other. Should have a lot of fun. 30 minutes to go. Let's fill it up with good stuff. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, we are back. We've got a couple of people on hold. Let's go to one and Let's go to line two, Clinton and Fargo. Apologize for keeping you on hold. What's on your mind?
5: Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? We're doing great. How about you? Awesome. I'm awesome. great. I'm great. I uh, I have heard that maybe they're going to expand some senior selections for the uh, NFL Hall of Fame, and I was curious what you thought about uh, the chances for uh, Chuck Foreman and Jim Marshall to potentially get in and uh, if you think they're deserving.
4: Yeah, Mike, Chuck would have a tougher time than Jim just because yeah. Chuck didn't play long enough, I would think, even though, you know, make no mistake about it, uh, he was the best in the, in the NFL. It actually
1: changed the game. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I'm a huge fan. Uh, I'm going to ask Sid that one because Sid tried for years. Sid, the caller asked about the National Football League Hall of Fame and if they take more of the veterans in, what the chances are for
2: Jim Marshall and Chuck Foreman? Well, they've got a chance right now with this new deal. They're going to have 20 people in the, in the Hall of Fame. And uh, I know Mark Craig, who, re, who replaced me, is 100% against that. and. Uh, I think a lot of people are are against it, but they're going ahead. And Foreman and Marshall, uh, they got a chance uh, to get a chance to be in Hall of Fame. What do you think? Uh, I
1: think that, uh, that you can make a good case for both of them. I think that uh, that Marshall would probably get more sympathetic. I uh, think he's been close so many times. I'm a huge fan of Chuck Foreman. I think Chuck Foreman changed the way people look at the running back position. I think he was a transformative player in the National Football League. I think a really good case can be made for him uh, to get in.
4: Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and I think that... Uh, a lot of that has to do with a lot of... Yeah, bring him on right now. We just talk, We haven't talked about hockey yet, right? right. And Ben Hankinson, the oh, agent yeah. extraordinaire, has done a remarkable job with the Beauty League uh, in Edina, and they've got the playoffs going on, and he he is so tapped into it all. Uh, and he, Are you there, Ben? I am here, Maxie. Yeah, tell us, where, where are you at with the Beauty League playoffs, right?
5: Oh, yeah, it all starts on Monday, big night at Braemar Arena, 6 o'clock. You have Team Walzer against Team RBC. Walzer is McDonough and Bukestead, And Mark Parrish and Paul Fletcher is a coach against, um, who is RBC? Alex Goligoski, Ben Clymer. Or no, that's uh, Brian Lawton and Ryan Malone are the coaches of those games. So 6 o'clock at Braemar. And then, so there's four teams left. The next game is 7 uh, 15. But in between, we have an awesome special needs hockey game. It's, what it's called the Unified Showcase. And there's going to be uh, about maybe you know t- two teams worth of special needs hockey players mixed in with uh, all the local superstars, the Gensels, the Brock Nelsons, um, all the 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 top you know local guys in town, Brady Shays that are going to play with the special needs player, and it's a it's a ton of fun. The NHL comes out and covers it, and uh, it's just it's just such an amazing event to see you know, all these good players that uh, play in the NHL with these superstar special needs players. and it's, That's uh, it's between to games? For sure. That's between games, yes. Yeah. So it's after the first game before the second game.
1: And if fans are interested, uh, how much does it cost? Easy parking right there in the p- Jason parking ramp at Braemar.
5: So kids are free. And every once in a while, if an adult acts like a kid, I'm sure they get in free too. <laughs> so, uh, and, and it's 10 bucks for the rest of the event for the night. And the – it's some great charities involved, and the guys play for free, and the money goes to charity, and it's all around a win-win for everyone. So it's, it's, it's a ton of fun for everyone, Dave.
4: You mentioned you had Brock Nelson. Uh, he never hit free agency. You got him back to the island there. What was free agency like for you, and, and, and how has it changed over the years as teams try to extend before they get to July 1st?
5: Well, you know, like, that's why everyone gets so crazy at young ages, too. There's a lot of money in sports, right? We all know, and it's a crazy amount of money. And, you know, the good news is the, the the hockey players in Minnesota are collecting a lot of that because there sure is a lot of good ones, including Brock Nelson. So he ended up resigning with the Islanders. He got a, a, a you know, big paycheck, $6 million a year uh, on a, on a six-year deal. And then, uh, you know, if he would have gone to free agency on July 1st, he would have got that and and a little bit more somewhere else, including, you know, possibly with our Minnesota Wild. But Brock loves the island. He loves uh, the changes they've made. And it's a a team that made a good run this year. And he's like a lot of our Minnesota people we know and we are is, you know, he's being paid more than fairly and he loves where he's at and he's stuck with it. And then there was guys that signed for more money after and Brock is so great. He said, you know what, I went to – you know played for more money somewhere else that's where i wanted to go so we have i have a couple other guys i had pat maroon who was a hometown st louis blue uh local hero that won a cup he stayed at my house the last four or five days and skated in the beauty league last week in trading i got to get him signed amongst some other players luke Snugroot, and some other guys in town here and it's a it's a every night i go to bed thinking i have a bunch of uh players and families that that need new homes new jobs relocating next year and i and i and i a lot of sleepless nights until I get, you know, the next three or four guys signed.
4: What about with the wild Flux? Does that change much?
5: You know, I think they're getting closer. You know, unfortunately they had to do a redo on the GM and, you know, I think they're, they're close, but they're far away. And it'll be interesting to see kind of the direction. It's going to be a big one, you know, whatever, you know, the, the which way they go. They've got some good players here that are getting a little older and, you know, there's some moves that were made last year that we all, you know, probably scratched our heads, some good ones, some bad ones. And so it'll be interesting to see. I'm obviously a big wild fan, and uh, I hope they can get it right and they have some good candidates for the GM. But um, these guys come and skate and train hard. We start our octagon camp on Monday. So all the wild guys start filtering in town. And the days of going to camp to get in shape are over. These guys year round, like, crank it up. They don't even take hardly a week or two off. It's uh, It's 24 7 now hockey.
1: I know you never made $6 million a year on any contract yourself, but I've got the good news is your hockey card's up to a dime.
5: Is it up to a dime? That's because I'm buying them. I'm buying them. You're market the market. Place, so there's not, many, there's not <laughs> many left. You know what's sad? I got a, a card in the mail the other day, which doesn't happen very often. Who wants my autograph? I signed it. And then I, I saw it on, and uh, I have one of those Google alerts, and it sent me a, a note that says your, your autograph is for sale on eBay for, like, $2. I, I sent the guy a note, and I, and I tried to buy it and said, you know, why would you send me, you know, the, the card <laughs> me? Like, you're a big fan, you want my autograph. And then the next day it's on eBay for $2. Uh, that you
4: know, sounds like McAlpine $2. might be behind that.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Pitting under
4: no, a uh, pseudonym.
5: Yeah, exactly. So, oh. so it's it's that's why it's fun with that beauty league. You get all the kids out, but then it's hard for these guys because then you have the same, you know, pros that go out there and they get their autographs and they turn around and sell them. So it's tough that sometimes the athletes get a bad rap for turning down an autograph or two because they'll have kids run and sign the autographs yeah. for them too.
4: Last question, Ben, because you got your eyes on it all, your your gopher program. Where is it at right now? What do you see?
5: Uh, I I think that Moscow is a is a grinder. And he's going to do everything he can to make that thing better. They took a step back this year, which was probably, you know, the way it was going to work for Bobby the Bobby Moscow to build for the future. They're going to keep getting better and better. He's going to get a little older, which we hate to see, but you have to, to win in college hockey, all the smaller programs that are getting the Canadians and the older guys are winning and i think bobby's just going to keep getting the minnesota boys but also you know throwing in a few older junior players so they're they're getting better i hope it does because the seats at Mariucci are, are far too many open seats so it's going to get better it's going to take some time but in a couple of years they're going to be back on top again
4: thanks ben the beauty league tomorrow night and wednesday right
5: yes tomorrow night and wednesday bramar arena at six o'clock
4: thanks
1: ben. Hey, ben i
5: appreciate the call say hi to the rest of your thanks, family Dave. thanks max yeah well. Sounds good.
1: Thanks. All right, Ben Hankinson. We're back with more right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, got a Little League update. Not good if you're a Minnesota fan. Virginia leads 11-0 in the fourth inning. This game is on the edge of being called uh, for the mercy rule. So not good news for the Minnesota team. Let's take one caller, then we've got an interview with Miguel Sano. Let's go to Steve Sherwood. Steve, thanks for holding. You're on.
6: Hey, Dave. Look, normally – in a Big Ten season in the West, if you had a senior quarterback coming back who helped put 55 up on Ohio State and beat them, uh, a preseason All-American defensive end and two stud tackles on the offensive line, you'd be preseason number one for sure in the West. However, here's Iowa's schedule, road schedule. Nebraska at Iowa State, who's ranked. Yep. Wisconsin, Michigan, and Northwestern. Oh, I hadn't so, looked. That's brutal. So here's the deal. Here is Flex window next year they there in theory at least their schedule gets much more difficult going forward including a first game of the year with ohio state in a few years yep. like just like kill had a window in 2014 got beat by wisconsin to go to the big 10 title game this it, you know some people say well he's only been here three years here's the deal go for fans here's his window and his margin for error as we all know with virtually all these teams in the west is razor thin
1: Hey, Steve, this is a good phone call. I appreciate it, especially that Iowa road
4: schedule. I knew it was bad. I didn't know it was as tough as it was. Thanks so much for calling. I, I think, too, Dave, if you, uh, you look back, I think Mason and Kill had something in common, and that was the third year is when they had yes. their, their breakout year, right? Yep, that's right. And, and the caller was right. There was that there was a gap in schedule,
1: which is technically what the Gophers have going for them this year. All right, we've got the Miguel Sano interview. Sano uh, Sano doing really well. We had the discussion early about recognition of the strike zone going to right on the outside pitches. Sid had a chance to catch up with him. Let's listen in.
2: Hot streak, like this one.
7: Hmm. i Have
2: ever been on a hot streak like this one, hitting home runs, all every day? Yeah. Um. You know, um, we hit a
7: couple homers. and The other team hit a couple homers, and I uh, was part of the game. But uh, we play hard. We try to continue the game and do runs and try to win.
2: What about uh, the other day? He went in the batting cage during the game, and he came back and hit that home run for for winner. What about that? You ever did that before?
7: No, that was my first time in a walk-off game. And, um, and um, you know, big time, big moment. And uh, I got the um, opportunity to come, to hit and hit a homer.
2: Are you taking pitches better? You're not striking as much.
7: Yeah, I try to work every day in the play and BP everything. And I try to
2: do my job. How they pitch you? Any different?
7: Oh, they pitch me the I try to make adjustments every day.
2: What, uh, well, you're healthy now. That's the most important thing, right?
7: Yeah, that's the most important thing, yeah, healthy. Um, You know, and try to play the whole year.
2: Your he's not bothering you at all? Oh.
7: No, 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 everything's fine.
2: Can you keep the streak up?
7: Yeah, we're, we're still playing hard, you know. try to do the big, the uh, little thing and try to play the game by every
2: day. You think the offseason... Yeah, uh, happy to you?
7: Um, Yeah, because all season we take it for working. We'll be with the family, and I work every day. And, uh, you know, like here, I, I work hard every day, too.
2: You had that bad injury, and then you had a chance to take a lot of extra batting practice. How much does that help?
7: Um, You know, I got a few injury in the past, and um, right now I'm really fine, and... Uh, Every day I hit a lot of BP. I love it.
2: And this team keep this up? You got the Cleveland series now.
7: Yeah, it's a normal thing. They come, like, everything. We need to play hard, continue to do what we've been doing, and win the game. That's part of the game. Nothing come easy, and they go easy. So if you want something forever, you work hard, and you fight on down there, and that's what we need to do. Thank you.
1: Yeah. All right, there's Miguel Sano there. I was obviously before the Cleveland series and yeah. uh, done well uh, in there in this Texas series. All right, well, let's take a break. We'll uh, come back for the remainder of the show. One more quick interview with Anthony Barr, some com- closing comments. That will all follow this. Sports. Oh, and by the way, the sun's coming out here in downtown Minneapolis. Finally, oh. as promised, still 69 degrees. Sports Huddle, Sid, Dave, and Mike.
2: And now. End is near And so I face The final curtain My friend I'll say it clear I'll state my case Of which I'm
1: certain Okay, here's your Little League final I'm 11 to nothing, Virginia beats All Minnesota right, Minnesota gets... The game has ended early because of the ten-run rule. Eleven to nothing, and even worse, Minnesota is no-hit in the game. So, not a good outcome for the Minnesota Little League team. Uh, we've got an interview. Mike was able to catch up with Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr, interesting story in the off-season. Uh, one of the Vikings who's uh, been around and performed for a high-level linebacker for some time. Let's listen in. Technically, it's the last day of training
4: camp, but does it feel any different? I mean, because you guys just keep coming back to the same facility.
8: Uh, I mean, it's just a little different. Uh, presents some challenges, and uh, it's always exciting. Do they have the fans here mean much to you? Yeah, you no, know, they've been supportive of all camp. Uh, we've had some up-and-down weather, but they've stuck, stuck with us, so it's uh, it gives it a, a more exciting atmosphere to come out here.
4: How do you judge yourself again? What do you look for out of yourself? Well, You know, We look and we just watch practices. We can't tell you know, what constitutes improvement or whatever. What What do you do?
8: Well, I mean, we're constantly being evaluated uh, on the field, off the field. Uh, we go on meetings and meetings talk about things that we need to work on, things we do well, things we need to improve on. and um, So it's a, it's a day-to-day process, and uh, I think we've stuck with the process, and we've been um, methodical, and uh, we've done it the right way.
4: Is this defense pretty, I mean, you guys know each other about as well as you can know each other by NFL standards of being together. Do you think of the game the same way? Does it just become easier every rep when you have guys that play together so long?
8: Well, I'm not sure it becomes easier. You know, I think, uh, like I said, each year presents its own challenges, and we've had some here and there that's challenged us def- defensively. Um, just got to continue to stay on the same page with communication and uh, continue to trust one another, play selflessly, and we'll be uh, successful.
4: Do you feel like this defense is, uh, you know, like two years ago, obviously you guys were outstanding. Do you feel like all those parts are in place to do something like that?
8: I mean, we were pretty good last year. You know, I think we finished fourth or third in the NFL. You know, everybody kind of look over that for whatever reason. Um, but you know, we're always confident we're always going to go out there and play well.
4: Anthony Barr. Vikings linebacker, and of course, they play tonight uh, against Seattle, so he's not quite sure how much any, any one of the starters will play in that thing. Dave, since you were away, they announced the Field of Dreams. We are you know, kind of think about this, the Little League and everything else. You're going to play a Major League Baseball game there. You know, I, I haven't been down there for... Hmm, six,
1: I've never been down there. Six years I ago, I think I went down there. It's It's fabulous. It is so much fun. Now, the you know, obviously, they're going to build a new field adjacent yeah. to the one they've got, they've got. They're going to ruin the corn, which is not yes. good. But uh, you know, at the time I was on there, they were talking about building a 12,000-seat uh, stadium and playing a multitude of a state championship kind of games there. I think they're going with a smaller size thing. But mm-hmm. it's a it's a great idea. It's a great setting. Tickets may be at a real premium. Ooh, the Yankees eighth, eighth, playing the eighth, eighth, Cubs? It's the Yankees and, the, Yankees and uh, the White Sox. Oh, the White, White Sox. Sox. The
4: how the, right? the White Sox get in on that? I don't yeah. know. That and I remember,
1: Yeah. yeah. But it's gonna be fun. People haven't been to Field of Dreams. It's a great spot. Sid, you wanted to say something? How about those loons? They're gonna make the playoffs.
4: Yeah,
2: they tied Maybe. yesterday.
1: They've been a good. They've been a great story. Yeah, man. played very very well.
4: Yeah,
2: we'll, imagine we'll see. Imagine you- that mayor kept them from getting. Uh, <laughs> you're so
4: mad about it. Saint uh, well,
1: Paul got it fair and square. Good for wow, t- Saint Paul. City's been down about everything today. Wow,
4: I'm Saint Paul. You are a sore loser, man. Yeah, man, you've been down yeah. on the Twins. You've been down on the Vikings. <laughs> and and now, uh, which mayor are you mad at? Uh,
1: I think you're mad at most of them. Yeah. Okay, now uh, the State Fair next uh, Sunday. We will be live at the Minnesota State Fair. We will be there at a new time. We'll be there at nine o'clock. One week only. One week only. We'll be there nine to noon. Uh, can we talk about a couple again? Mark yeah, Coyle's going to be there? Mark Coyle's going to come Tim out. Chita. Tim
4: Cheetah's going to come over. Yeah. And who knows who else, but we'll have a plethora of guests. Right.
1: We're working on the guests. Uh, we'll have a good lineup. We'll promote it, I'm sure, during the week. But we will be there for the longest run we've had. A three-hour run of the state fair. Should be fun. We love it when people come up and say, hey, I'm the guy who calls. I'm so-and-so for I so-and-so. met one the other
4: day. He said, I wear my Iowa stuff. I was at the fair last year. Remember me? Yep.
1: Oh, yeah, the guy with the Iowa stuff. Well, yeah, the State Fair is a lot of fun. For us, we sit here, we look at each other about 50 weeks out of the year. Twice we get to go out and do a live show.
4: And and by the way, again, you can watch, you can come close, but you cannot feed Sid.
1: Uh, Why? He moves so quickly. And uh, (laughs) do you think he's going to be part of the Minnesota (laughs) Hospital? Uh, They're working on it. Pretty good writing a part for him. Uh, Yeah, it's it's
4: always an interesting part.
1: I want to thank our guest today, Tom Kelly. How much fun is it to get Tom Kelly on? He simply sees the game differently. And someday you and I, Michael, will get him, and we'll find out who that player was. He got, <laughs> got even with more than a year later, who eventually became a twin. Derek Falvey talking about some moves in the Twins minor league system, the implications they might have around the 1st the of September when the rosters are expanded. PJ Fleck, Kyle Rudolph, Danelle Hunter, Ben Hankinson, Anthony Barr. Hey, we want to thank you for your phone calls. We asked for phone calls. We got them. Text messages, all of those are much appreciated. We thank you for those, and we look forward to those. We will not have them next two weeks because we'll be at the Minnesota State Fair. Come see us at the fair. We look forward to it. You've been listening to The Sports Huddle with Sid, with Dave, and with Mike.